Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. Today, with just a few days remaining until opening day, I've got a few guests here to preview the 2021 MLB season, the first full season we will have since 2019, which I am very excited for. Joining me today, a previous friend of the pod, John McGowan, and two new friends of the pod, both black and white staff members, opinion editor Jack McGuire and sports writer Daniel Miller. Fellas, how are we tonight? Good. Doing well. Doing, Doing well. well. How are you? I am feeling great. Opening day is next week. Baseball is back, and it's better than ever. So today we have got a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of predictions to make. So let's get started with a team you are investing stock in. So I will start with the person on closest to me on the Zoom screen, Daniel Miller. Who you got as the team you are investing stock in and why? All right. So a team I'm investing stock in, I'm I'm not going to go with more of just some of the top powerhouses, but um, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals, actually, because the St. Louis Cardinals, first of all, they're in a pretty weak division. I think the Brewers are probably their only realistic competition to win that division, considering the Cubs were selling payroll before the season lost their best pitcher and the pirates are the worst team in baseball the reds lost the Cy Young winner so I don't think the reds will compete but the St. Louis Cardinals Jack Flaherty needs to have a bounce back year and I think he will he was an ace towards the end of the 2019 season and I think he finished fourth in Cy Young voting total for that whole season um and he had a weird year last year but their whole organization was kind of messed up by COVID um they just added Nolan Arenado to a, a weak lineup, arguably, but they might not need that much to win the Central. And if they can win 92, 93 games in a weak division, they beat the Braves the last time they got into the playoffs. They could sneak in, win a playoff series, do some damage. Thoughts on that? Uh, not a big fan of that. I have the Cardinals going deeper than I think most people would expect them to. But uh, – in terms of winning World Series, I don't see it happening at all. They just don't like have that excitement to them that I usually see in World Series teams. This doesn't have to be like your World Series pick. This is just a team that like if you're buying at their current, I guess, like price or where people have them rated, like you think they're 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 gonna do well and do better than expected. And I do think the Cardinals are gonna do well because they were the only NL Central team that did some stuff over the offseason. Um, and I do agree with you, Daniel. That division is pretty bad. I, I think they could win a playoff series, which is more than a lot of people would probably predict them to right now. If their offense can just, like, come out of hibernation, like, that'd be nice, um, which Carpenter I certainly think – Carp- Do you say Matt Carpenter? He's, he's not yeah, really going to be a main – He's had a pretty rough spring. But I, um, I also like the Cardinals a lot. I think they're going to do well. I, I definitely don't see them going far. I don't I don't think it's possible. Or I mean, it could be possible. I don't see them going to like the, the CS, but um, I don't know. They have probably the best corner infield duo in baseball with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jack Flaherty. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. And um, just overall, they have a really young, exciting outfield. So I think they, they might be a couple, like a year away from being top contenders, but I like the pick. Yeah, that division is going to be pretty terrible. Um, so, yeah, I do like the pick. All right, Jack McGuire, team you're investing stock in. 
All right, I'm going to stay in Missouri. And I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs, but I think that the Kansas City Royals had a really good offseason. And I think they're kind of a low-risk, low-reward pick if we're treating this like investing stock. So what I like about the Royals, well, most I guess most newsworthy, they just signed star catcher Salvador Perez to a four-year, I think, $82 million extension. And um, he is like kind of lost his, he's no longer the defensive cornerstone that he used to be, but he's really hitting the ball hard now. He's kind of probably one of the a top five offensive catcher in baseball. But also, um, I really like a lot of their, not a lot of their pitching staff, to be honest, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Brad Keller and Brady Singer. And in the lineup, they got, they just added Andrew Benintendi from the Red Sox. They have Jorge Soler, who could definitely hit 40 to 45 homers this year. And then they have Whit Merrifield, who is a pesky infield, outfield type guy who I think can be really good. And they also maybe like halfway through the year could add Bobby Witt, who is a top shortstop prospect. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be definitely a fun team to watch. That was a pretty damn good case you just made for the Royals. Good job, Jack. I really like that. Royals had a good offseason. I think they got Carlos Santana as well. Oh, yeah, they got him too. I also like they got Mike Miner too. They they were really pretty active. Yeah, they were spending when like nobody else was, even the teams that had a chance at the playoffs. So, yeah, the Ro- that didn't really cross my mind as like a newsworthy team, but like, yeah, I feel, I feel like I feel like if Jorge Soler was on at least semi-contending team, he'd be getting a lot more attention than he's currently now on the Royals. For sure. And then who else? Oh, Salvador Perez. I mean, yeah, obviously he's lost a little bit of his mojo, especially from the uh, the the fifteen World Series team. Um, but yeah, I, that wouldn't. That wouldn't stun me if they finish like third <laughs> in the AL Central. Well, they, um, I mean, they could finish. I guess no, they're not going to beat the White I could Sox. see them being a 500 team. Yeah, I 500 team. 500. I think they're definitely a fun team to watch. Like if you're a Kansas City fan, which I don't think anyone listening to this is, but it's definitely an enjoyable team to watch. Yeah, did you see the game? There was a game in like 2019. I think it was just like a random Tuesday afternoon, but they were like maybe – a couple hundred people there and like someone took a picture of it and it was really funny like you couldn't tell there was a baseball game going on but anyway i do like that pick um any other thoughts on the royals not really all right that's fair all right so i jack uh jack i got you down for the kansas city royals john who's your team uh i'm investing stock in the race and uh, i'll tell you why um, although they, uh, they lost Morton and they lost Snell and, uh, Nick Anderson's going to be gone for a little while. Um, they have the number one farm system in baseball. And, uh, I think that like they can make up for like their loss of starting pitching with relievers and their hitting and stuff, uh, because they've done it before. They just, all you do is stretch out their relievers. They're not going to lose that much from it. And, um, I don't see the Yankees doing as good as people think they'll do in the playoffs. And I think the Rays will come in and uh, win the World Series. Whoa, 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 whoa. Save that for bold predictions, my friend. Yeah. That was, that's, that is bold. I, that's not I just, my bold prediction. Okay, well, that, that was bold of you to say that. That was bold of you to say that. Um, I, I just don't know how much 
worse the Rays got, because I feel like on a lot of teams, losing Blake Snell, Jose Alvarado, and Charlie Morton would affect them way more than the Rays. But the Rays just have so many quality, like rock-solid pitchers that like you wouldn't be worried about throwing into a postseason game. And so even though they didn't really do much to improve their hitting, um, I don't think they're going to be as worse as people think they are just because they lost two starting pitchers and Jose Alvarado. I think they'll still finish above the Blue Jays, which is kind of a common pick, I guess, because they added in the offseason. I just don't know if the Rays losing – I mean, Charlie Morton wasn't at his best last year, but he was good in the postseason, and 2019 he finished, like, top three in Cy Young. Losing maybe your two best pitchers is – I don't think they can beat the Yankees in the division. They they will be the best wild card team you've ever seen. I promise you. Not even the pot. Not even the Padres. I had the Rays winning. The, oh, I'm not gonna, I have the Rays doing well, and I thought that was a controversial take, but I guess not. But um, I just think I think Glasnow is going to be a stud this year. I think he's definitely going to contend for the Cy Young. He he added a slider to his repertoire, which I think could definitely make him a much better pitcher. But also, I feel like a lot of people have soured on the Rays just because they lost Blake Snell and they lost Charlie Morton. But I mean, like. The Rays are a very like mathematical team. So like thinking of the value that Snell and Morton provided to them last year, I think they can definitely get the same out of pitchers like Luis Patino, who's a prospect that they got in the Padres trade. I think that Rich Hill, he's like 40 years old, but I think he still can give them quality innings. And then um, <laughs> I'll get one of my breakout players is one of their pitchers, but I'll wait for that. All right, that's good. I like that you're waiting. All right, Rays, not going to be as bad as people think they are. All right, staying in the NL East and going across the border, actually technically to Tampa and maybe Buffalo because I'm investing stock in the shiny new Toronto Blue Jays. Um, last season I was looking at this team. And I was like, hmm, they're going to be really good in like two or three years. And then they go out and get the best outfielder on the market. George Springer gave him a big hefty five-year, $155 million contract. But hey, he's worth it. Three state all-star selections, uh, 2017 and 19. And I think he may have been the best all-around skill player on the market this offseason because very, very versatile, very good hitter and fielder. And then they go out and get Marcus Simeon, who can not only play multiple positions in the infield, but he was third in AL MVP voting in 2019. And granted, last last season wasn't – I feel like last season was kind of an outlier just because 60 games and if, if you miss games, your, your stats didn't really reflect how you played. Um, but if Marcus Simeon can return to 2019 Marcus Simeon, I really, really like that addition for them. And then obviously you got the current guys. You got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who lost 30 to 40 pounds this offseason, which – that's fantastic. And also, he actually hit, uh, fun fact, he actually hit 91 homers in one evening in 2019. So that's a record, by the way. Um, homers in BP and you're investing stock in them? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. He's got, he's got insane power, and I think he'll be a premier power hitter in the major leagues for years to come. And then you got Boba promises off the charts um i think 
Hanjin Ryu is still a very good pitcher. Still a good pitcher. Kevin uh, Biggio, more promise. And I'm really liking what's going on up north or in Tampa slash Buffalo, which I think is probably going to affect them a little bit. I mean, I, I couldn't see anything serious last year when they were playing in a minor league stadium, but I mean, obviously there's nothing like playing at home. So that, that is, that is my, that is my case for investing stock in the blue Jays, even though they may be a little bit overpriced now, I, I feel like it can definitely pay off. I think they're starting the season at their spring training facility. Like, I don't think they're playing in Canada yet. Nope. They're planning to go back to Canada though. I mean, it, it depends. Like I'm not. I hadn't heard that Canada said anything. I was just gonna say, I do. I do like the Blue Jays, but the problem is, is I. I think Ian Junior Yu is is an ace, really. Um, but after him, who who else is your starting pitching? You got, I think Robbie Ray, maybe their second starter. And yeah, the rotation is a slight weakness. I will concede that. If if Nate Pearson has a great year if i assume he's starting um if nate pearson really breaks out shows he's one of the top pitching prospects i i think they could have a good chance yeah after after nate pearson and hyunjin ryu i mean there isn't really much in the rotation they they traded for stephen Matz, who i'm rooting for as a former new york met but we'll, we'll see what he has left but um anyway i feel like Two people that I want to bring up were first Rowdy Telez, who kind of sometimes gets overlooked. He's their current DH, but he like I think last year had like a 960 OPS and he just hits the ball really hard. I'm I'm a big fan of Rowdy Telez. And also um, I think George Springer has like some oblique thing going on. So I don't know if he'll be ready for opening day. And also I think their bullpen is kind of a question mark with Kirby Yates just going, he just had Tommy John. Oh yeah, their planned closer. That's not good. Yeah, but they have this guy, Rafael Dolis, who's like 30, and he was good last year, but we'll see if he can do it on a full season. John, any thoughts on the Blue Jays? Uh, you know, I like that pick. The only thing is that the Yankees and the Rays, I think, are better than them. That's fair. I think the – I mean, yeah, I want to be shocked if those three, like, finished – in anyone actually maybe if the Yankees finish third that would be terrible but other than that every scenario is at least kind of conceivable I was gonna say George Springer they're optimistic he's back for opening day right now he's he's day-to-day and there's no like specific timetable um but it it shouldn't be like a month injury or whatever all right well we'll see if that's a nagging injury throughout the season all right moving on players investing stock and i'll throw it back to you daniel who is a player that you are investing stock in this season all right so i mean i don't know if this would be considered a common pick or a common pick to sell your stock in but i'm gonna go with randy rosarena because a lot of people have been hyping him up but a lot of people have also brought up after his fantastic postseason sample size and how he might be overhyped but I mean, if you really look at it, most people saw what he did in the postseason. He hit like 10 home runs in 20 games. He set the record for most home runs in a postseason, and he played insane. But the whole season, I think he had an OPS over 1,000 or or close to it on the Rays. So he had a good full last season. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a huge sample size, but in the time he's been on the Rays, he's OPS way above 1,000. 
Um, and I think people are gonna just going to hate on him a lot because he's a common pick after having such a breakout postseason that it would be a fluke. Um, but if you look at the numbers, he got better at hitting against uh, off-speed, which was his issue at a time. He was said to be a fastball hitter. Um, he got better against off-speed pitches, and he can, he can kill fastballs. And the Rays are going to need him, but I, I think he'll step up. Yeah, I like Randy. I mean, I see – I feel like there's no indication to see, like, of why he would be a worse-off hitter. I mean, he's certainly not going to, like, hit a home run every other game, but I think he'll, he'll be a solid player, at least. Yeah, um, obviously that's a good pick. I personally think he'll have more of a Gary Sanchez sophomore year. Um, <clears throat> most players are like that, but I think that the COVID year was just – it's just nothing like a real game. And I think he'll have a great career, but a 60 game stretch, not even like a, what a, a 15 game stretch is not enough to prove yourself. Well, yeah. Our artist that he's had that ridiculous home run streak. And uh, now he, I don't want to say he flamed out cause he's still very young, but he crashed back down to earth pretty hard. I didn't hear anything about him last year. I don't think exactly. he was starting for the Reds, so he wasn't. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't really see any 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 indication that he could be a worse off hitter. And yeah, I'd just be stealing your guys' points at this point. But yeah, I think a home run every other game is a little much. Is he still technically a rookie? Yeah, he's like the popular pick to win rookie of the year. I think the one thing with Aquino is I think like he had like a pretty high K rate. And I really like when you look at the peripherals with a Rosarina, I don't think you can really isolate a particular flaw in his game right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think a full 162 game season will kind of reveal like I feel like the real, like the real players. Um, but yeah, I like that big thing. Uh, John, Jack, excuse me, Jack, who you got? Um, I chose two pitchers who I think are going to be good on two teams I think are going to be good. First is probably a little unconventional, but Michael Waka. So he was absolutely atrocious last year and he hasn't been good in a long time, but the Rays have kind of developed this reputation as like a place for pitchers to save their careers. And already in spring training, I think his velocity has jumped up from like 92 to like 95 miles an hour. And the last time he was throwing that hard was 2015 when he was an all-star. So, I mean, I, I don't think he'll necessarily be an all-star, but I think he'll definitely be a quality, maybe like like a average to quality arm for the race. He'll definitely have a, or not definitely, I think he'll have a bounce back here. And then also for the White Sox, uh, Dylan Cease, who is a young guy, I think he's like 22 or 23, but he throws really hard. His fastball has really high spin rate. He just kind of last year, his control was pretty bad. He walked a lot of guys. So I think he'll have another year to grow and develop. And also now that the White Sox over the offseason, they got Lance Lynn from Texas. They already have Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel, who are pretty elite pitchers. So I think there's not really that many that much expectations on him. So I feel like he can just slide in at the fourth or fifth starter and kind of do his thing and grow into a better pitcher. Jack, I like your buy low, sell high approach. I think that could work very well in the long run. I really like that Dylan Cease pick. 
for yeah. like, why rate for his fastball is like 99th percentile and same with his, with his like fastball velocity it's something crazy but then like everything else is terrible he's got really good stuff his fastball velocity is really good and uh jack you know this as a baseball player control and command is something that you can work on and something that like doesn't have a genetic ceiling obviously you're not going to have a 95 strike percentage but everybody can work on it and i'm sure he's had plenty of time this offseason to work on it yeah it's gonna be important for that white Sox team they don't have a ton of pitching depth starting rotation wise I mean, yeah slotting them in before, so. and like dallas keichel and no but past i mean they got rid of who they trade for lance lynn and dane dunning dane dunning who was maybe gonna be a starter um and they they don't have a ton of starting pitching depth at four or five. So if he is a if he's a breakout player, the White Sox are going to be good. Hey, Michael uh, Hopak or Kopak? Yeah. And, uh, who's the other guy? The lefty? Rodon. Crochet. Hector. Crochet. Oh, crochet. Oh, crochet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, pitching depth is especially important when there's a still COVID going around, and then in the playoffs. Obviously, as we saw, the, that's a big reason why the Rays went so far. It's because they constantly had guys to throw at you. They were never thin at they were never thin at pitcher. But I do like I do like the picks there, Jack. Buy low, sell high, especially on Waka, who's been on the decline. But you've clearly seen a statistic a statistical jump, which I, I like. I like the observation. I might be. This might be like a completely terrible pick. But. Oh well, yeah. There's always the chance for that, and there's a chance that Randy Rosarena doesn't error studies at Kenya and goes. But uh, got yeah, I got to take a leap sometimes. John, who you got? Uh, yeah. Uh, just like Jack, I have two different pitchers on two different teams. Uh, the first guy is Corey Kluber. I um. I like that pick. Uh, over the years, his fastball velocity has gone down. Um. But uh, I think that his career will kind of revamp when he comes to New York. And uh, he might not be that, that Cy Young guy anymore, but I think he's going to be that number three that the Yankees have been looking for for a really long time. Uh, and then my second pick is, I'm not saying this because I'm a Nationals fan, but Max Scherzer. Uh, he came off a pretty poor 2020 uh Dave Roberts had a really long leash with him and uh, it led to a much higher ERA and things like that. I don't think that'll happen in 2021. Uh, also, apparently he's made some adjustments. Like he's reversed some adjustments that he made in 2020. Um, so, you know, I, I think he'll be vintage Max Scherzer this year. All right. So let's start with Max Scherzer. I feel like, I feel like that's buying stock in like Apple. Yeah. Tesla or something <laughs> to be fair i think i think he had his highest era and all that in a while he had like a three seven which isn't bad it's below four so he, he wasn't but for, cool. but he had for scherzer's for scherzer standards he, he well, was, had like mike trout like a 960 ops than saying he has a bad season so like i feel like scherzer probably has higher expectations for himself he, he also was, last year had a very batters against him had a very high babbit like that balls on batting like batting average on balls in play, right? And that won't continue. There was a lot of like soft contact that found spots in the outfield grass or got through infielders. Um, and so it's it it doesn't it makes a lot of sense that he would rebound and have 
back to a Max Scherzer season. He, he still had a ton of strikeouts last year, and his he was still up to like 97 in multiple starts. I also <clears> – I think that the fans, not having fans, play a huge role in his success because he's one of those guys that gets super hyped up. I'm sure he gets a ton of adrenaline. So uh, hopefully having fans back in the stadium will help him. I, I think that's the- definitely Sorry. big. Go ahead, Jack. I don't watch the Nats every night, so this is for like Daniel and John. I think is a Nats fan. I'm not sure though, but um, I feel like usually at like the beginning of the season, he kind of has like a slow start, and then kind of like as the season progresses, he like kind of becomes himself and gets on these really hot streaks. Yeah. Like I feel like he couldn't really do that last year in the 60 game season. Yeah, uh, I he's my favorite pitcher of all time, and I watch every single start of his, and I've noticed that. He's, he's kind of like erratic at times, like catchers will set up inside and he'll yank a ball, but it'll be on the corner on the outside and he'll get it. Like he's really not like elite when it comes to command and stuff, but when he does just enough and throws just enough strikes in the right spots, he gets really hot. He was pitching really well this, uh, this spring training. I do think he just got shelled by the Mets. Um, he got shelled. Well, I think he gave up like four runs or so, which isn't too bad. Um, especially against the Mets lineup. Going up against Jacob DeGrom, you know, that'll be fun. But he, he's been looking good this spring training too. So I, I, think, I think he'll be, he'll be right. John, I think your point about crowds is really, is really it was a, that was a really good point because I've never been to a Nats playoff game, but I was at the Home Run Derby in 2018 when Harper won. And that crowd when he hit the last homer, granted he kind of cheated in the last round. Um, that stadium was rocking. Yeah. Like what it was, it was the home run derby, but that stadium was rocking. Like he just hit a walk off homer to go to the world series. Dude, I was at the, I went to the wild card game and a ton of the, I went to one game in every series, but uh, Scherzer hit 99 in the wild card game. And I promise you it was because of how like hyped up he was and things like that. It can almost be an issue sometimes if he's if he's too hyped up. That that's why he has first inning troubles often. Yeah. But after the right, first too much of, Yeah, too much adrenaline affects all sports. Like the NBA finals, for example. Like I feel like especially game sixes or like game clinching games, like guys are so hyped up that like you saw Golden State Cleveland twenty sixteen, the final score is ninety two to eighty nine. Like the shot making just goes down because guys are just too jacked up and too energized. And I think that can definitely play a role in negative performance, but also positive performance for guys like Scherzer that feed off of energy. I want to go back to Corey Kluber. Oh, wait, John, what did you say? You had one more point. They're professionals. They can figure it out. Oh, yeah, they can certainly figure it out. Um, yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk about Corey Kluber real quick. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned the Yankee. But, John, did you know that um, pitchers that were good that go to the Yankees – don't do as well. I hope you know that, right? Uh, From not the Yankees, because I have like several examples of Sonny Gray, Jay Hap, James Paxton. Hap was like, it's never a leader. Hap was not good, though. Hap was worse. Yeah, Hap was definitely worse on the Yankees. Hap was never good. He wasn't that good, but he did get worse on the Yankees. I don't know. I am going with Sonny Gray's quote about how the the Yankees made him throw uh, sliders the whole time instead of curveballs. 
Exactly. I, I think that it's just a person to person thing. I think for uh, Kluber, he's like probably at his absolute floor in terms of like how yeah. he's performing in his career. So I feel like he probably has nowhere to go but up, hopefully. I hope he does good. Same. He's a That'd be great. Playoffs, so. Especially in game three. Hopefully the Yankees don't use computers anymore to determine their pitch and rotation because that was an absolute disaster Yeah. the last time they tried that. Um, all right player i'm investing stock in i'm also going with a pitcher on a playoff team last year six sanchez yeah on the 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 marlins who made the playoffs wow that's odd to say um i think he's gonna be a star i really think he is i love his stuff i was watching him last season and just like I, I was just watching some highlights of him today because obviously I didn't seen him in a while. And first of all, he's got some nasty off-speed pitches. Loves to strike guys out on the two-seamer. He's got like a 91-mile-an-hour changeup. And I was like, oh, wait, I, I forgot. Can this guy just throw a straight four-seam fastball? Next clip, high heat, 100 on the gun. So this guy's got a really wide arsenal of pitches. Um, his fastball velocity, his high, his average fastball velocity was among the highest in the league last season. And like I said, wide arsenal pitches, um, his command looked good, especially for a guy that young. And I think the Marlins really found something last year. And I think he is on the upward trend. So that is why I like Sixto Sanchez. Yeah, I think he covered it all. He's just a really good young pitcher. Yeah, I mean, if, right. if he's got command down, he's going to be insane. I agreed. I honestly, I barely focus on this guy. Yeah, the Marlins aren't really on TV that often, so mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I've never seen him pitch, but I've only I've heard great things. So I saw his he debuted, I think, against the Nats, and uh, and Jan Gomes hit a home run, but then he kind of dominated. I think. So. Yeah, he um. He got the win in, um, against Chicago in the playoffs last season, and he was great in that game too. Even though I wouldn't really count that game as, like, October experience because, like, that was, like, I feel like a playing round, not like a, an actual, like, playoff series. Yeah. Regardless. Especially with no fans. Especially with no fans, exactly. That Chicago crowd during the postseason is definitely the factor. Um, all right, let's move on. Over under win totals. So I gave you all over under win totals for each team via Vegas Insider, and I tasked you with picking seven teams that you are taking either the over and the under on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down the line. I'm going to say the team. I'm going to say their projected win total. If you have nothing, say just say nope or shake your head. If you did pick them to have the over-under, say over-under, and then I will ask you or whoever else says it to explain why. So here we go. The New York Yankees, over-under, 95.5 wins. Over. I, I Resounding went, over. I went with over as well. Why? Uh, well, you can go do you want to go, John, or me? No, you can go. All right. 
Well, for me, I think they added pitching depth. And Corey Kluber is – you guys talked about him as a possible breakout. Um, I don't think he needs to be that great to be good for the Yankees because he's not relied on to be an ace. He might not even be a two. I like Jamison Tyon. Um, he is coming back from injury like Corey Kluber. But he has some really good stuff. Um, and the Yankees haven't been atrocious at developing pitchers of their own. Um, I did see they just optioned, I think, Davey Garcia's in the in AAA to start the year. Yep. Um, yeah. And Domingo Herman is going to be in the rotation again, I guess. I think. But if you if you combine that with maybe Luis Severino coming back. and uh, Yeah, he's coming back. They, I mean, they, they have some solid pitching depth. I mean, the lineup basically needs no explanation because they got one of the best lineups and one of the best bullpens in baseball. Um, but the, the starting depth is going to be better than people usually think it is. So that's why I went with over. Uh, I went with over for pretty much the same reasons. Luis Severino, Corey Kluber. And also, this was just a gut feeling for me. They've – the Yankees, like – are owed a world series ring and i know they have 27 of them but like the past 10 years like it's really not it's not the same team as like 10 years ago so you can't like get mad at them if they win another but i i think they deserve it they're kind of like the dodgers they're gonna win one eventually yeah it's gonna happen they're gonna i feel like once they break through to the world series just like that confidence of finally getting there, I feel like can definitely push them over the top, especially considering they finally added not only a starting pitcher, like a number one starting pitcher, that task was completed when they signed Garrett Cole, but just pitching depth. Guys, you can you be confident throwing out in a game four, even just a game three, or even coming out in relief. Um, I really like those additions. And yeah, the lineup, the reason why or a big reason why I think the Yankees have faltered in the postseason is because too many of their hitting was too much of their hitting was reliant on home runs for offensive impact. Yeah. And when they're not that, when they weren't hitting home runs, there there was nothing. They were just striking out or occasional pop out, I guess. Um, But now they've added more contact hitting. Obviously they've retained Brett Gardner. Gio Urshela, God, I love, I love, I love Gio Urshela. He's so, he's such a good fielder, and he doesn't need to hit home runs in order to have an offensive impact. And then DJ Lemayhu, he's, a, he's literally a, I think he is a machine. I think he is closer to machine than human. I really think he is. And then um, Glaber Torres, he's got pop, but again, doesn't need to rely on power. So yeah, um, I didn't pick over under here just because injuries have proven to happen to the Yankees before and that may could take away a couple of games and I feel like there are a few games every year the Yankees lose that they definitely shouldn't um but yeah I totally see why over to play devil's advocate I didn't make a pick on the Yankees but I like their bulk of their starting rotation with Corey Kluber Jameson Tyone and Luis Severino are all coming off major injuries so I don't really have that much faith that they'll win like 90 over like high 90s with wins and also uh, I've we've yet to see like Aaron Judge play a full season since his rookie year and I don't think Stanton has played a full season with no 
That was, my bold prediction was going to be Stan Lee's league in homers, but then I knocked myself in the head and realized that he's never going to play a full season. I mean, ever. we've won, what, 103? Or we've won – we, jeez. Uh, they have won 100 plus – well, I guess on track for 100 plus each of the last couple of seasons. Like, they won 100 games over 100 with a much worse rotation without Garrett Cole. Um, and yeah. in arguably as strong a division, I mean, it's not quite as good. But in 2019, the Rays made the playoffs. They were a good team. And the Red Sox weren't amazing, but they weren't, like, tanking. So you had two decent teams on with the young Blue Jays. So although the divisions improved, I, I think the Yankees are better. And in, injuries are a concern just for the whole team because they seem to get – snake bitten sometimes but yeah if they get all right let's move along blue jays i took the over or i didn't even say what their win total was 86 and a half all right i took the over i kind of already explained why earlier i like what they did this offseason their young talent i think is going to continue to improve even though their pitching is a tad bit of a question mark after uh after rayu all right Tampa Bay Rays, 85 and a half. I took the over. I kind of already explained why, but I just think people are souring on them because of Snell and Morton being gone, but I think a lot of their young guys can fill the shoes that Snell and Morton left behind. Yeah. Perfectly said. They've, uh, yeah, no, they've, they've got some dudes in the minors. You'll see. They're going to do really well. Also, Wander Franco is going to play. I don't have we mentioned him by name. Like the number sure. I don't think so. I hope he's, he's really good. <laughs> so he's going to probably be like if a Rosarena continues to be a good player and like Wander Franco comes up. I feel like this is going to be the first time ever that the Rays are going to have like two like bona fide like all star superstar borderline players in the same lineup, like specifically in the lineup. They'd both be rookies technically. <laughs> Like, like if, if Franco get, gets called up, they could just have the top two people in rookie deer voting. All right, that, that's a very valid pick. Valid pick. All right. Red Sox, 80 and a half. I, I took – All right. The, I took oh. the under, actually. You took the under? I did. Tell me why. Because I'm just not confident in them in that division to win so many games. Um. I feel like they could they could easily be in the eighty three to seventy five range pretty easily. So you know that that's right in the middle. But in a division, I don't see them finishing ahead of the Blue Jays. I don't see them Rays or Yankees. So they're fourth in the division, um, and that means they win maybe eighty games. But with a significant lack of pitching depth, they were awful last year, and they got a little better. But I, I don't. They were on pace to win. Like not, they would have won like fifty. They won like sixty, maybe seventy games last year. And they didn't improve that much. Chris Sale might come back, but I think he is coming back. Like maybe a couple months into the season. I don't think he's starting opening day. But just in in a in a tough division, I don't think they did enough. They might be competing with the Orioles. Well, they do have Bobby Dalbeck and Tanner Houck. Houck's a pitcher. Dalbeck the DH. And uh, I guess he, I think they're going to put him at DH, but I think you play first too. Well, I think could definitely – their lineup's already good, so they don't really need Dahlbeck. But I feel like Tanner Howe could maybe be a breakout candidate. And also um, they get Eduardo Rodriguez back, 
who's pretty been pretty solid in his career. So I'm not I'm not like totally against the Red Sox. No, I, I, I think no, Dolphins, I'll, yeah. looks kind of like a stud. So we'll see. All right, I do. I want to get in the Red Sox a little bit when we talk about the AL playoffs. I don't have them in the playoffs, by the way, but that's where I want to get get a more in depth. All right, the Baltimore Orioles at a whopping sixty four and a half wins. I took the over. No, but over. I took the over on the Orioles. I like the Orioles. Um, I mean, I don't love them, but I think that they they added the Phillies' former left side of the infield with Freddie Galvis and Michael Franco, who are both like solid major leaguers. So I like that. Um, I don't know if uh, uh, John Means had a bad year last year, but I mean, he has a great changeup. Like he doesn't walk a lot of guys and his spin rate's pretty good. So I think John Means is going to bounce back. And then they have two young guys that I really like in Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Mountcastle. And uh, Santander had like an almost 900 OPS last year and the peripherals. He like, was, he was hitting it real well last year. I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this team won like, I, well, I guess the division's tough, but I, I could see him winning like 70 games. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see them easily. I mean, like 64 is a low, like that's not a huge risk if they're at that number. Very valid pick. Check. All right. Moving to the AL central, the Chicago white Sox at 91 and a half. I mean, I feel I feel bad to go with the under, but since these came out, Eloy Jimenez is now out for what five, six. Months, yeah. Uh, with a, I think he tore his pec or something. Um, yeah, it's torn. Very, yeah, torn pec. If any of you watched that play, I think it was the one where it happened. But he like reached over the wall after the home run was already gone. Like, kind of just pulled himself up. It it seemed very unnecessary. Um. But now that he's out for – I still think they're a good team. But, I mean, if he's out for five, six months, maybe he's back in, like, time for September or maybe July if he heals quickly, something like that. Um, I'm, I'm just – I don't know if they can beat the Twins now. Maybe they'd be in the high 80s range. i go under 91, though. That's valid. That's valid. Especially, at, yeah, depth. I mean, depth, I guess, is a concern, but obviously with all the young talent, they, they could definitely propel themselves above 91 and a half, but I, I see why you pick the under. All right, Minnesota Twins, 88 and a half. Nobody. All right, the Cleveland Baseball Club, 81 and a half. Nope. Nobody. All right. Kansas City Royals at 72 and a half. Nobody. The Detroit Tigers, 68 and a half. No. Nope. I feel like they win more games than that. Yeah, me so, too. 68. I, I, I didn't write them down as my pick, but I feel like they're kind of on the up. Because I like, think I'm, I'm not sure there's going to be too many atrocious teams outside of maybe the Pirates this year and the Rangers. The Rangers, or are maybe the Rockies, but um, those those three might be really bad. But I feel like both the Royals and the Tigers have been improving enough to to win like you know maybe maybe seventy something games. For okay. So am I putting you down for the over? 
Yeah. All right. Damn. Over. All right. Moving to the AL West. The Oakland A's at 87 and a half. Over. John Over. Tell me why. I, I, this for me was just kind of a, a gut feeling. I have no like reason to do it. I just think kind of with like the Dodgers last year and the Yankees this year and like the Nationals in 2019, like they've been good for a really long time. Like they're bound to do something. I think they'll win the, the West. Very valid reasoning. I did like some of their relief pitching additions. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna this off season. All together this year. Yeah, and they they always make do with what they have. I'm, I'm I constantly marvel at like the, whatever they get, they turn them into at least a wild card team. Yeah, Sammy and and Liam Hendricks though. They did they did lose them. They did say, they did lose them. John's a fan of teams that lost a lot of. Teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I can see it because the West isn't isn't great. I guess. Yeah. But, hey, maybe that's a reason why people are underrating them. So, I do like that pick. All right. The Houston Astros at 86, 86 and a half. I it, pains me to, it pains me to take the over. Yeah. yeah. Over 100%. I like their infield. Still good. I think Altuve was good in the playoffs. And same with Correa. I think Bregman had a fine season. It's, and then Jordan Alvarez is back, who was awesome in 2019 and also he is like an easy guy to root for because he wasn't part of the whole trash can thing and same with michael brantley and then with their pitching staff they got a lot of young arms they just lost framber valdez for the season which kind of sucks but they have jake or who is a solid starter and then i'm really high on these uh jose arquiti and christian javier who i think are gonna have good seasons this year and also zach Greinke always is a good pitcher. All right, I debated it once uh, Framber Valdez went down because he looked really good in the postseason and just throughout most of the year. Um, but in a division that might not be too good, I think the Astros, with their, their lineup, a solid bullpen, and enough pitching depth can definitely win close to 90. Yeah, I still like their core, even though I don't enjoy watching them anymore. Um, but – they had a down year last year and were one game away from the World Series. Like, they hit their absolute floor, especially Altuve in the regular season. Like, he stunk. Like, he was bad. And same with Correa, but then he tried. He turned into his usual sort of superhero self in the postseason. But they proved that, like, they still got it and are still here and are still in contention. So, um, as long as the pitching doesn't falter, it becomes less and less question mark, I guess, as the season goes on. If Uriquity and Javier can prove that they can maintain themselves and you know maintain leads late in the game, um, I I like the over eighty six and a half wins here for the Astros. All right, the Los Angeles Angels, eighty three and a half. Nobody. I had them under. Oh, never mind. We got to take her. I, Tell me why. For some reason, I'm just like a lot of these are just kind of gut feelings. I I think that the Oakland A's are going to be really good this year, and 
I just don't, I don't really see the difference besides Otani last year and this year. Like what is the difference with the angels? Why are they going to be better this year? Just one player. I don't, I don't see it. If that's the big question, who can they get production out of other than Trout, Rendon and Otani? David Fletcher. I, I'm a big fan. Of yeah. David. Get David excited. Fletcher. I know. But uh, their pitching is just like they that is uh Rizel Iglesias, I guess. To the oh, point. they did, they did, they, they added, did, but that's 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 no, one guy. They added Quintana, Jose Quintana, and Alex Quintana the rotation. That doesn't disappoint me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting thrilled about that if I'm no, an Angels Trout. fan. Mike Trout's never going to the playoffs. Huh? <sighs> God, how are we going to explain that to the next generation? Hey. Son, this was the best played baseball player of our generation, and he played in two postseason games. Maybe he shouldn't have signed an extension with the Angels. They're not even the best team in their own city. Give me a break. Yeah, but like who else, the only other team people thought he was going to Philly, I guess. He 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 should have waited for free agency. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he loves kids and stuff, but like I mean, to be fair, maybe he doesn't care that much. Like everyone wants him in the playoffs. He he doesn't seem to love the spotlight. I don't know. I think he I think he cares. I think he wants to win a World Series. You should, you should. I think every single MLB guy wants to win a World yeah. Series. I mean, he said he chose to sign with the Angels for massive amounts of money and they can't really spend on pitching now. So I mean, they got Upton and Pujols coming up the books. Pujols is like when Pujols contract comes up, that'll be yeah. They, they can probably spend more, but you can't waste that many years of trout. I mean, hey, he's been the best player in baseball since, like, 2012. I don't see why he can't be it for another six, seven years. So, I mean, that would be catastrophic if the Angels continue to, to blow it. But that's not really out of the realm of possibility, unfortunately. So, yeah, I feel like there's, there's going to be this sad gloom hanging over them until, I mean, I guess they, they signed Rendon and got Otani, but they, they just need more. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that's that with the Angels. All right, heading up north, Seattle Mariners at seventy-two and a half. I took the over. Um, I think valid. Mariners are also on the up. They got a uh, probably the biggest blunder when it comes to the Mets, like front office history in the past, I guess, twenty years. But they traded Jared Kelenic, who is now like the fourth best prospect in baseball. And he'll he'll be up this season. It depends when the angel, the Mariners are probably going to manip, manipulate. If he's if he if he's even allowed. Yeah, but he'll. I think he'll be great. I think he'll probably has a good shot at winning Rookie of the Year. Kyle Lewis was the Rookie of the Year last year, and um, they added James Paxton back, who I think can probably be a solid pitcher, along with Marco Gonzalez. And I think you say Kikuchi, he's in a contract year. I think like the the. Mariners can like void his contract this year, so his numbers were like his peripherals, like the underlying stats were pretty good for him. Yeah, I mean, like not great, but like he had like another five ERA, but it said he underperformed his stats, so he might he might be better. I like the vibes in Seattle. Haven't said that in a very long time, but I like the vibes. I like the vibes in Seattle. Fun, young team. Um, got a lot. Got got some promise, even though. Uh, Seeger is on his way out, unfortunately, probably. Um, but yeah, it's good to see 
an above average hitter. So, I mean, I, I think yeah. probably kick him out at some point, but still a quality major leaguer in my opinion. I think, I think he is too, but yeah, I like the vibes in Seattle. And then we have the Texas Rangers at 66 and a half. I am slamming the under the under. They may be the worst team in baseball. Daniel, you're taking the under as well. I am. There isn't anything to get excited about on this team except the occasional Joey Gallo hitting the ball to Jupiter, testing the limits of stat cast moment. Their ace is that'll top pop up on. Isn't he? The, hmm? the number one pitcher, isn't he? I couldn't name you one Rangers pitcher off the top of my head. I think Kyle Gibson is their ace, and that is a very scary thing to say. The fact that I don't know who that is, it means <laughs> that's that's not good. Yeah, but that's probably alarming. Yeah, I'm slamming the under on sixty six and a half. All right, let's move to the National League now. The Atlanta Braves at ninety one and a half. Uh, over. John, over. Tell me why. Uh, Soroka is going to be back this year. And uh, I saw a lot of promise in their pitching in the playoffs. And uh, I, I think they're going to be really good. They, uh, I think they're going to be the best team in the NL. Mm, spicy. Yeah, they're going to put it all together this year. Spicy. All, all right. right. Let's get a, to a combined under with the Braves and the Mets. You're and taking I, the under on both the Braves and the Mets. Yeah, I think so. I could agree. The, so wait, the, the Mets are the Mets are <laughs> the Mets are ninety and a half. Yeah, I could agree. Jack, why do you as a Mets fan take the under? Because they're the Mets. Well, I, I love the Mets, but I mean I I, I mean I understand that just yeah. why. Already Cindergard uh, right now, their rotation, uh, Carrasco is just like tore his quad, who is one of their big additions. And then Cindergard is probably not going to be in the rotation till June. So I think their rotation, it's not going to be bad, but it will be a little bit shaky for the first couple months of the season. And also, I feel like maybe expectations should be tempered a bit. I, I love the Mets lineup. Like everybody is a quality major league hitter. We have the best pitcher in baseball, but. I still think that the back end of the rotation, even though we definitely added more depth, um, is still a bit of a question mark. And then our, uh, the bullpen is a bit of a question mark still. Because besides Edwin Diaz, who had a nice bounce back year, and Trevor May, it's like not that great of a bullpen. And also, we have like, we're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So I, I could see the match going like 88, 89 wins, but I, I don't think they get to 90. Yeah, Jack, I, I didn't mean as a Mets fan, like, how could you pick the under? Like, I, I, that must have been a little bit uh, disappointing to take the under on that. But, like, I totally see why. You, that, you had a great um, – you had great reasoning there. You're not going to get two pitchers for at least a couple of months. And um, especially considering how valuable they are in the rotation. And well, that's – Sorry. Like the NL East is so competitive. Which I was going to say the division might just prevent any team from doing that well. Yeah, I agree. I that's taken into account though when they do the predictions. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. 
Yeah, no, fair. I, All right. the Braves would probably be like an East 6-7 win team in these projections if they weren't in the NL East. But not according to MLB Network, who thinks they're going 82-80. and 80. I don't think they actually think that. I just think they like the, posting on social media. I think that was the – For Dakota, clicks. Dakota or something? Yeah, that was Dakota. Which, but the, they I, hate the Braves every year, and the Braves win yeah. like the equivalent of 90-something games every year, so I don't know. I think the Braves, they could, like, regress to the mean with, like, in respect to their offense. Like, I, Ozuna, I don't think will OPS over 1,000 this year. I don't think Freeman's going to do that. I could see Acuna doing that, but I think, like, a lot of their hitters in a bigger season, our larger season, are going to be a little bit worse. And then also, I know that the peripherals hate Max Freed for some reason. They do. Yeah, so we'll see how Max Freed turns out this year. That'll be interesting to see. All right. The Washington Nationals at 84 and a half. Crickets. All right. The Phillies at 80 and a half. More crickets. The Miami Marlins at 70 and a half. I am taking the under on that. I am taking the under on the Miami Marlins. Um, last year was fun, no doubt. They were they were they were a fun, surprising team last year, but it had kind of this fluky feeling. I don't know about you, but like it, it felt like they they couldn't do that again this season. They just kind of got hot at the right time. I feel like I disagree, but seventy is a pretty low total. Like they they would have to be a sixty win team. Now it is it is a good division. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd put them in like the worst team in baseball consideration, like below, like in the sixties. You know? Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, unless the Rangers are really like a fifty-one team. But... All right, let's do fast money. Cardinals, eighty-six and a half. I did over because that was the team I was buying stock in. I think in a pretty weak division, they'll they'll win more than eighty-six games. All right, Brewers, eighty-two and a half. I'm taking the over. Um, Christian Yelich, I think, is going to have a bounce-back season. Keston Hura is going to have a bounce-back season. And then they just have top-end talent in the bullpen with Hayter and Williams and in the rotation with uh, Woodruff and Burns. And they yeah. also have Colton Wong, who hits like has an on-base percentage of 350 each year and plays great defense. And also Jackie Bradley, Bradley Jr. Yeah, I forgot they added him and not um, – oh, my God, who – Tried to sign him, but then didn't. Somebody, somebody tried to sign him, and then they didn't. And he ended up going to Milwaukee. All right, it'll come back to me later. Cincinnati. Kane is back. Uh, I'll take the under on Cincinnati. Under on Cincinnati. Because they lost Bauer and Iglesias. And I don't I don't know. I feel like their hitters, like Castellanos and Mike Moustakis, are pretty old. I, I, I don't really see them returning to the form that they were once at. All right, that, that's very fair. I think the Reds definitely got worse. Um, Cubs, 79 and a half. I'm taking the, the under on that. They were selling pieces. As as am I. Because um, people, they did make the playoffs last year. I don't know how. A lot of their core hitters were in really bad slumps. Um, But they made the playoffs, and then they sold their best pitcher and maybe player, Hugh Darvish, and just not really excited about the team at all. 
Yeah, me neither. It's also just me banking on them stinking the first half of the season, then realizing, hey, we should probably sell at the trade deadline. So, yeah, that is why I'm taking the under. All right, the Pittsburgh Pirates at a league-low 58.5 wins. I think that's perfect. Fair. Dodgers, 102.5. Under. John Under. Yeah, yeah, I just – I don't see them being that great this year, especially with uh, – I see them still being really good, but with the Padres being as good as they're going to be, I think uh, they'll be under. I think that all of their players will kind of have like a down year. I think Kershaw is going to go on the decline a little bit more, and I think Bueller is not going to have this breakout year people are saying he's going to have. Damn pessimist. Oof. Um, I took the over. I just think there's – A, they're they, – got better i don't know where they keep getting this money from but they got better um as long as they can avoid COVID and injuries i think it's a possibility the mariners oh one the oh one mariners win record falls i think there's a chance especially considering that they're in the division with san francisco arizona colorado they will be playing a bunch of times that year I like San Francisco. Um, San Francisco's not bad. San Francisco's not bad, but they're not. They're good. definitely not on the Dodgers level. I don't, know. I don't see them winning 116 games, but I, I, I'm not saying they are. I just think it's a possibility. I just think 102 is a lot. Like predicting a team to win over 100, like betting on it, would be would be tough. That's fair, but I just think they're that good. Plain and simply. All right, Padres, 94 and a half. Nobody. All right. We have a big drop off here. The Giants at 75 and a half. I think they can win more games than that. Yeah. To be fair. I like the Giants. All right. Jack and Daniel over. I don't I don't think they're gonna get completely beat up like the uh the Diamondbacks and Rockies will. Some some team has to finish third and they'll probably win around eighty games. So well they got um they got Mikey Ostremski. I feel like Brandon Belt is still a good hitter. He walks a lot. And uh, Buster Posey's coming back. We'll see what he has left in the tank. That's fair. All right. Diamondbacks, 74 and a half. And to round things out, the Colorado Rockies at 64 and a half. I am going with the under. There is literally nothing going right there. Like nothing, nothing is going right. The roster isn't good. I hope Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman leave. Yeah. Like as it's fast as possible. The, kind of the baseball equivalent of the Houston Texans right now. Yeah. Like yeah. things are not going well. I don't see how the players are gonna find the motivation in that division to like really play as a team and all that. They're, they're just going to be kind of sad, I feel like. I, I think this is going to be the worst team in franchise history. They're, they're going to beat the – they were 64-98 in 2012. That was their worst. And I think they will uh, smash that total in the wrong sense. All right, let's move on to the playoffs. Who do we have in the playoffs? All right. Daniel, I will start with you. Who are your five 
you know what? Let's speed this up. Give me both your American League and National League playoffs. Just the, the NLCS or the full thing? Just just give me your five playoff teams, CS, World yeah. Series. Yeah, so I'll start with the AL first. In the AL, I think Yankees and Rays will make the playoffs from the East. I think that the Astros are going to win the West. And then I think that the Twins and White Sox will both make it in the Central. Um, and then I would have probably the Yankees – and I'll go with, I guess, somewhat, somewhat of a sleeper. I guess the Astros in the championship series as well. Um, and then in the NL, I would have the Dodgers and Padres, obviously, from the West. And the, the Cardinals winning the Central. And then I'm going to go the Braves. And I thought, I thought Nats versus Mets was tough for me between the last team to make the playoffs, but I'll, I'll go with the Mets for now as the last team. And I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Dodgers versus, uh, versus the Braves again. Those are the two best teams I think in the, in the NL. Who you got in your world series? I would have the Yankees versus the Braves. So Braves got close. Who you have winning? I would say I'd say the Yankees break through this year, win the World Series. I'd probably go. I would go seven games probably. The Braves are a tough team, and I mean you would have to think if Garrett Cole wins two games maybe and pitches out of the bullpen in another, I think they'd use him. He'd be he'd be World Series MVP. Sorry, very very chalky, but very very plausible. Very likely to happen. All right, Jack McGuire. All right. Give me your um, five playoff te- five playoff teams from each CS World Series. Yeah. For the NL, I'll go Braves win the East. Uh, Brewers win the Central. Dodgers win the West. And then for the wild card, I'm going to go Mets, of course, and the uh, Padres. And so for the AL, I'm going to go uh tampa i like tampa i still like tampa in the east then i'll take chicago in the central and um i'll take houston in the west and then for the wild card i'm going to take minnesota and the yankees actually no i'm gonna have yankees win the east i'm gonna have tampa and be in the wild card and so uh how it's gonna shake out in my opinion i don't know what the seating's gonna be but the Mets will beat the Padres in the NLCS, and then the Yankees will beat the White Sox in the ALCS, and we're going to have Subway Series Part 2 in the Mets oh, yeah. in seven games, and Jacob DeGrom will beat the World Series MVP. So, John, that was, or Jack, that was your completely unbiased, objective opinion on how the playoffs are going to shake out. Pretty unbiased, yeah. Uh, I think it will. Sounds good. Uh, I could go on and on and how I would refute that, but you know what? We're a little time crunch. We're going to move on. John, what uh, you got? So uh, my American League, I have the Yankees, Rays, White Sox, A's, and Angels. Um, I have, Angels? Yeah. But they'll lose in the world. Breaking through. All right. Uh, and then uh, Rays and White Sox in the ALCS. 
and the Ra- I have the Rays being the wild card game actually, so this will be a pretty big thing. Uh, I have the Rays winning that, going to the World Series, and then uh, in the NL, I have the Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers, Padres, and the Mets. Jack McGuire, uh, and uh, the Braves and the Cardinals in the NLCS. Uh, and I have the Braves winning that. So, uh, and then in the World Series, I have the Braves and the Rays. And uh, I think uh, the Rays will come on top. And uh, who is my World Series MVP? Oh. You can, you can pick one of the 11 pitchers they have. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, what's it? Why am I forgetting his name? Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow. Yeah. Fair. All right. I like how you're all in on a wild on a wild card team. That's what we like here at the podcast. Some out of the box unorthodox thinking. All right. Here we go for mine. American League playoffs. Yankees won the East. White Sox won the Central. Astros won the West. Give me the Blue Jays in the four in the first wild hosting the wild card game against. Congratulations, you all have persuaded me to put the Rays in the playoffs. So good job. You gave a, you gave a convincing enough case to put the Rays in the playoffs. Nice. Um, I will have the Rays defeating the Blue Jays. Wow, that kind of contradicted everything I've just said so far. But, hey, that's, sometimes you got to go with the flow. So I got Yankees-Rays and then White Sox-Astros. Give me Yankees Astros in the CS and then Yankees advancing to the World Series. The National League. I have got the Dodgers winning the West, the Braves winning the East, Cardinals winning the Central, and then give me the Padres and the Mets in the wild card game. No, it'll be sick though. Dodgers Mets wild card game at City Field. Trevor Bauer starting. That would be must-see TV. I wonder what the Mets – I wonder what Mets fans would have up their sleeve for that one. Um, we've seen the great playoff chance uh, in the past. My favorite was uh, Cueto. Cueto. It only punctuated when he dropped the ball and then Russell Martin hit a homer. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, National League playoffs. I have the Dodgers and the Braves – the NLCS. I have the Padres. Yeah, I have the Padres beating the Mets in the wild card. Sorry, Jack. I just, I just think they could beat him in one game. Um, Dodgers Braves in the CS. Even with the mound. Yeah. 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 Rom's never pitched in the postseason. To be fair. Yes, well, I mean, he, well, he did when he was. Yeah, in he has. To be fair, but it's been a while. Um, yeah, and then I have the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series. I, I'm sorry, that's just like that's the most plausible scenario in my mind. They're, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League, and I think the Yankees, compared to the landscape of the American, excuse me, yeah, the American League are the best team. So I gotta go Dodgers, Yankees, and give me the Dodgers edging the Yankees and Trevor Bauer. It's a World Series MVP. Boom. Boom. All right. Let's get to bold predictions before we head out. Daniel, I need one bold prediction. What do you got? I mean, I don't know how 
considerably bold it would be, but I will say that Juan Soto wins the MVP, has a better season than, I mean, and he takes over from Mike Trout as definitely the best hitter in baseball and maybe the best player in baseball by the end of this year. That's that's pretty bold. He'll, he'll be the that, best that was pretty bold in my mind. It, it'll still be an argument for best player because Trout will still edge him in defensive and base running, but he'll be the better hitter. All right. You know what? I'm going to go next because my bold prediction was also about Juan Soto and that, you know what you want bold? I'll give you bold. Juan Soto records the highest on-base percentage in a full 162-game season in MLB history. Whoa. Yeah, see? You wanted bold? I gave you bold. So, Ted Williams currently has the record at 481. Juan Soto had a 490 on-base percentage last season. In a shortened season, granted, but that's still really, 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 really good. And in his last full season, had a 401 on-base percentage. So, I'm just saying, future in future. Um, oh my God, I phrased that horribly. That was a very half-baked sentence. I, I'm I'm calling it, calling it right now. Highest on-base percentage in a single season. Juan Soto, put it on the board. Jack McGuire. Right. This is bold I, prediction. I think this is very bold, in my opinion. So when I say bold, it's I, I don't think it's likely at all, but. Dodgers, oh, that's that's total. That's totally fine. The Dodgers trade Trevor Bauer, and you got to hear me out on this because <laughs> but Trevor Bauer, they just announced the MLB that they're going to be enforcing uh, pine tar restrictions and foreign substances. And Trevor Bauer is kind of I don't know, kind of an open secret that some of his success last year his like three hundred uh, he like his spin rate jumped by three hundred points. I feel like. He might not be as successful, and I feel like he's kind of, I don't know, when you're not as successful, might, people might not put up with his antics in the clubhouse. He's already, like, here's what I see happening. Uh, all the Dodgers players are going to get vaccines, and then Trevor Bauer is going to say, I don't want a vaccine, because he's already expressed skepticism about it. And then everyone's just going to turn on him in the clubhouse, and the Dodgers are just going to be like, you're not performing at the level we want, so they're just going to ship him out. To who That's a hot take. Who's but, taking a $40 million a year salary? I mean, the Dodgers are going to court him. The Dodgers are going to have to eat a lot of that salary. Also, this is a bold take for a reason. So there's like a bit of a, a lot of flaws in my logic, but. I, I like you. I like, I like the boldness here so far. This is what bold predictions are all about. All right, John, closing it out. What's your bold prediction? Jack, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with your bold prediction. Trevor Bauer. 2021 Cy Young. Okay, that's the least bold so far, but that's still something. I mean, I think most people hate him. Uh, I don't think a lot of people hate him. Really- I think he's like the second highest odds to win NL Cy Young, though. Yeah, I don't think that's extremely I don't. I have bold. a single person that thinks he's going to be in the Cy Young he competition. Is, he is the second highest odds? That so. sounds right. I don't know about the second highest. It seems like anyway, this is gonna fail. But I, I, I like I like you putting that out there. 
So one person has, well, I mean, you don't think it's going to happen, but trading, being traded or winning the Cy Young. Those are two pretty opposite ends of the spectrum. I want to go out and say, I put it down here. I really think Denilson Lamette is going to win the Cy Young. Ooh, that should have been my bold prediction. That's a pretty bold prediction. But there's a little bit more logic in that. He was top seven in a lot of pitching statistics last season. And do you think if he threw you 50 of his sliders, do you think how many, how many are you making contact with? Zero. If he has to throw them in the zone, or like hit 50 hittable sliders. You're not hitting any of them. No, I'm going to answer that question for you. You're not. It's nasty. You got it. It is one of the nasty. <laughs> it is it is one of the nastiest pitches in baseball and one of my favorite pitches to watch in baseball. So I will go out and say that I think Daniel Silomet is going to win the National League Cy Young. So I guess that was two bold predictions. All right. Well, that was fun. That is it. That is all for the MLB predictions. Um, make sure to check out the blackandwhite.net. Still got some awesome stories going up by some awesome writers. And make sure to check out the rutabaga.net where we have some high-quality satire courtesy of Walt Women High School. Daniel, Jack, John, thank you for joining me. This was this was this was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. Of course. Take care.